And instead of Katie walking through the door, it was actually a police officer and a woman dressed in black who I didn't, I, my brain wasn't functioning at that point. I didn't even know. Um, I thought, oh my gosh, what did my kids do? Like who did some bad thing that the police are showing up at my house? Hi, welcome to the Death of My, the podcast. Before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by Newsly. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. Browse and listen to articles from topics such as entertainment, sports, and business. Stop scrolling and start listening. They have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. Our podcast, The Death of My, is on there too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code DEATH2021 and receive a one-month free Newsly premium. Unlimited listening, unlimited skips, ads-free audio. That's Newsly, N-E-W-S-L-Y dot M-E. Use promo code DEATH2021 for one month free Newsly Premium. Hi, it's your dad. Just call me to say hi. Check in up and see how you're doing. I hope all is well. Everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. I love you. Well, I'm seriously really thankful that you took the time to do this. I'm so excited. And if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about yourself, your name, where you live, who you are, just kind of all the basics. Okay. My name is Lisa Bain, and I live in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, which is right smack in the middle of Canada. And um, we lost our daughter in 2015 just a few weeks before Christmas. She was the kid that I never worried about. She was always on point with school and had healthy aspirations and a great group of friends. But one night she left the house just on an ordinary evening to run a few errands and never came home. She had been involved with a head-on collision and she died on the scene. And like so many parents out there, um, you know, it's been figuring out this way through grief. And when I began my, my journey, I really struggled to find the resources that spoke to me. But I did find that connecting with other people was really what gave me the hope to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit, if we can go back to that day, uh, kind of where you were at physically and how you found out and if you could bring us back to that spot. Yeah, well, and like all grieving parents, you never forget that, right? Yeah. Um, my kids always had to be home at 10 p.m. on a school night and Katie had left the house that night at around seven. So as I was getting ready for bed at quarter to 10, I sent her a quick text just saying, I hope to see you soon. I know you're on your way and, you know, continue to get ready for bed and Actually, my husband and I were both kind of lying in bed with our books and the doorbell rang at 10 o'clock. And instead of Katie walking through the door, 
it was actually a police officer and a woman dressed in black who I didn't, I, my brain wasn't functioning at that point. I didn't even know. Um, I thought, oh my gosh, what did my kids do? Like who did some bad thing that the police are showing up at my house? And um, it was almost like a, you know, what we see on TV, the police officer very, very gently said, you folks need to sit down because I've got something that I need to tell you. And I remember him sitting us down and saying, you know, your daughter was involved with a head, in a head-on collision. And my husband said, well, how do you know it was her? I mean, you know, all these things that go through your head. And, you know, I think all of those feelings like disbelief, um, sadness, anger, fear, it was just, you know, everything just hits you square in the face. And then I immediately thought, oh my gosh, he left behind a 15 year old brother. And he was at the age where, you know, he was experimenting with life and maybe, you know, making some not so great decisions as it was. And I thought her accident is either going to make matters worse for him, or it's, you know, it's going to change things for the better for him. And just I just remember sitting in the front room with my husband on one side, my son on the other, and just kind of almost unconsciously reaching out for both of them and just feeling like we needed to stick together. Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine, right? Like you have your own personal emotions, like what you're feeling, but then you're also still a mom. And I know that's a big part of what you talk about now, but it's like, you have another child and you have your husband and it's, and when I talk to people, I just, I, I'm always just so impressed that you're able to, to, you know, take care of yourself hopefully, and then everyone else. So what was it like with your friends and family kind of the next few weeks after that? Did you see people coming in closer or push away what was that like well I feel like you know up to the funeral everyone you know is rushing to come to your side um I remember one point actually the doorbell rang and I just remember saying out loud I wish people would just leave us alone <laughs> just because it's that constant bombardment and you know as much as I knew that they wanted to show support and and flowers and food it was, it was exhausting yeah. but then I almost think you got to be careful what you wish for because in the weeks days months that came um, everyone else's worlds continued to spin they went back to work they continued to take their kids to activities and my world had quit spinning um, the people that I thought would be my best supporters um, weren't actually in a position that they were able to be there for me. You know, my family, for instance, outside of my husband and son had always been there for us. And I think they wanted to be there for us, but because they also suffered the loss of their grandchild, they were grieving too. They were grieving for the fact that they couldn't fix this problem. Um, so I really needed to turn elsewhere for support because I did find like my family and friends almost disappeared. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy. It's, it's the reason why I started this whole thing was because the people closest to us somehow just 
aren't there and and then people kind of come out of the woodworks um that you don't really know but I mean I genuinely have talked to people from so many different countries and like it is so common everywhere and I just I don't understand like that I would love to figure this out but but really I think like what you mentioned earlier the biggest thing is like we we need community we need to talk to people about this we need to share we need you know other people that maybe have also gone through this we can talk about it and almost like laugh about not laugh but you know like there there's this dark humor almost yeah exactly and so it's it's crazy and and I'm just curious like how did you navigate that or manage that or did you cut everyone off or did you just kind of like separate a little bit you know I think I did things maybe a bit differently um I think one gift that I had early on my grief journey was that I had connected with, with other moms who were further down their grief journey. And, and because they had this experience that I didn't have, that's when I really learned that other people, just because they aren't there for us, doesn't mean they don't want to be, or that they, you know, are not still important to us, but that they don't have the capacity and I started rather than there, there was a period that I did get a little bit angry. Um, you know, I thought, okay, you know, like this is the worst thing that could happen to anybody. And now I got to do this on my own. So I stayed in that spot just for a short time, but then I thought, you know what? Any relationship goes two ways. If I am really angry with people or I shut them out or I lash out at them, they're not going to have a whole lot of compassion for me. You know, people can be patient for a while, but then, you know, that gets really hard to to maintain a friendship when someone is in that spot. So I started reaching out to people. Uh, I started reaching out to, you know, old friends or you know, neighbors and that kind of thing. And I said, really use a cup of coffee. Do you want to come over? Uh, Do you want to go for a walk? And um, as you mentioned, I also was really fortunate that there were some people in my life that just bubbled to the surface that I hardly knew that came out of the woodwork. Um, And connecting with other grieving parents, those people are really my my glue now and, and the main friendships that I have. So I guess I kind of took my responsibility in my current relationships and I put some effort in and if it wasn't really going anywhere, then I knew that I had given it some effort, yeah. but I also kind of reached out to other areas and other people as well. Um, one thing I've noticed with myself, so my dad died a couple of years ago and I'm just trying to figure out like, when I started doing this podcast, it was so fresh. It was like, it was only a few months, right? And then now we're at a little over two years and and I've seen my grief change and, and I'm, I'm thankful I like, I've noticed that. So I'm curious, how have you seen your grief change from, you know, day one, day two to mm-hmm. five, six years later? Oh boy, well, that's a big question, <laughs> but I would have to say that, um, it's almost like an inner focus for me if I had to, to put a name on it. And that's, you know, I think when, when death smacks us right in the face, you know, death of a father, death of a child, it's, it smacks you in the face. And I think 
when it's so fresh and raw, all we, all we focus on is the death, the fact that they're gone. And there was a point about a year out of my grief, a uh, year down my journey, when I realized that there was something changing and, and that I realized when I focused on my daughter's life, I mean, we had 17 and a half amazing years together and she had all these memories and, and the fact that I didn't want her just remembered as the girl who died in a car accident. I wanted her remembered for all her, you know, goofy comments and her, you know, love of Sephora makeup and, you know, the way that she could run all these, these things that made up who Katie was when I started focusing on her life not her death, not that small part of her story, there was something inside of me that shifted too. And I, I realized that I was starting to, sh to focus on the connection that we had, the love that we had, and not so much the pain. And I also kind of came across this realization just in living with grief, that we can carry joy and laughter and love and all these wonderful feelings in one hand and carry our grief at the same time. And I think I had in my head at the beginning of my journey that they were two very different things yeah. that couldn't be experienced or carried together. But, you know, five and a half years out now, I've realized grief is a part of me. It's not going away. And I just have to learn to live with it. But I can also, you know, with, with my remaining son, if you will, um, you know, we've experienced all kinds of wonderful things with him. I laugh. I like to have fun. And I also think that, you know, the best way that I can honor my daughter in heaven is to live an amazing life mm. and, to, and to laugh and to do all the things that she used to love to do too. Yeah. And not regret it, right? I remember that I feel like the first time I remember laughing at something, it's like, am I, am I wrong for this? Like, am I wrong to experience joy? Am I wrong to ex ex like laugh at something? Or I remember I, like it was within a few days of like after he died, what we put on Netflix or something and we're watching something and I laughed. And I, mm -hmm. I think I, I stopped in my tracks. I'm like, how can I find joy in life? But you're right. Like it's two hands. It's you can do both. You need mm -hmm. both hands to keep going. And so Absolutely. Do you have a favorite memory with her? Oh, there's so many. There's really so many. Um, but I, I think one that I, I really, really love is that she was at the age and the stage of her life when she was really becoming a young woman, a young adult. And I mean, it almost brings tears to my eyes, but we would sit in the front room and we would talk about her future, mm -hmm. you know, going off to university, becoming a nurse, uh, you know, traveling and, and just, yeah, just, just the connection to the person that she was and the fact that she was such a free spirit. She didn't care what anybody thought of her. She was, you know, she was just a live, live large and laugh loud kind of girl. And I, I, I love that about her and I miss that about her. Yeah. I'm, I guess one thing I really want to talk about too is, is your life now with your son. 
Um, mm. I think a lot of people that listen um, that have lost a child, that a lot of people don't know what to do or, you know, it almost, it's, you know, your life stops and it's like, how do you keep going? Do you have any, um, whether tips or just any encouragement for anyone listening? I think on the encouragement side of things, um, I, I really want people to know that no matter how they're feeling, they're not alone and that they will survive. Um, in terms of, of tips, I would, you know, it sounds so cliche, but really it's one breath, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel very fortunate that I, I did have, and I do have, um, you know, another child that, that needed me. Um, you know, I can say in all honesty, he was the reason I put my feet on the ground every single day. Um, until he graduated high school and I felt, and I, you know, that he's got his feet underneath him and, and he's, he's good. So after that point, my purpose beat really became reaching out to other mothers because I knew how powerful that was for me when other people reached out to me. So I really think that there is, we've got to, we've got to honor the pain for sure. A hundred percent. There's no getting around you know, we can't just put it in a box over there and forget about it. We've got to, we've got to work through it, really. And yet at the same time, I think that finding ways to honor my daughter, you know, doing projects, we, because she, she died on an unlit road, um, actually part of the freeway that goes around my city for whatever reason, it never had proper lighting, um, so, you know, working with the city to make sure that our roadways are safer and lighting's put up, some of these things, um, really, these little projects helped me feel like I was doing something not only to honor my daughter, but to, you know, make, make things safer for other families. So hopefully nobody else has to endure this. So that's been very helpful for me is finding ways, I call them love projects, but to do little things in her memory. Yeah. Um, transitioning from that into your life now, or at least what I have seen as your life with your book and, and what you're working, would you mind talking about that and what it is that you're doing? Sure. Well, as I mentioned, I found after we lost Katie that there weren't a lot of really positive resources out there, especially for, you know, particularly to moms. So when I was in a space that I began working on my own healing, I found writing very cathartic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just started making notes and, and writing, you know, random things or so it seemed. And then one day when I went back and started looking at my past writing, I said to my husband, I think I have a book here. And uh, so anyway, I put together everything that really has helped me into a book. And then I published that in 2019. And and then after I published the book, I thought, well, I think people need more than just a book. So I started creating other resources like courses and and just downloadables. And right now I'm working on a a membership group so that I can just have a constantly growing library and a resource center for grieving moms. I love that. How, how was it writing the book? Like, I mean, I know you were writing before, so like it gave you, 
I guess like when you open that stuff back up and you're reading it, it brings back all those feelings and all those emotions. What was that like? Yeah, I won't lie. There were a lot of tears in writing this book. And uh, interestingly enough, I mean, I, I've never written a book before. <laughs> editing, I probably put as much time into the editing part as I did the writing and rereading my words. Yeah. There were certain parts of the book that if I were to read them out loud right now, I would, it would still move me to tears. And, you know, this is, it's an emotional thing, but um, I found it very healing at the same time because I think we do need to face our feelings. I think we need to you know, manage our feelings. And I think in a way we almost need to purge them and by putting them on paper or, you know, typing them into a computer, but that was, it was almost therapy in itself. Yeah. How did you find other mothers? Like once this happened, how did you find other mothers that have lost a child? Interestingly enough, um, I work at the hospital here in, in cancer care. And interestingly enough, there was a woman upstairs and we, we always scratch our heads about this now, but she worked upstairs. I always knew who she was. She always knew who I was. I don't even know that we had ever actually spoken, but she lost a son uh, who was also a teenager in a car accident. And she reached out to me right away and invited me into a small local group here where I live. So I was introduced to other grieving moms fairly quickly. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, just being in the online space and just sharing my feelings quite freely. Yeah. Um, I just found that other, you know, we, we found each other, you know, whether it's in private Facebook groups or, you know, different social media or people would, say, Hey, you know, my, my neighbor or my friend just lost a child. Would it be okay if I passed your information on? It would really be nice if she had somebody to talk to. And of course my answer was always yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I have someone in particular down here that same situation happened. So yeah. definitely worth, and you're open to connect with whosoever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, as I said, one of the more important things is just to realize that we're not alone because it is such an isolated feeling. Yeah. What, what are some of the, the resources you've created and how are they tackling grief? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing is just, you know, the basics, the basic self-care, because I think everybody can relate to this in their loss that in the very, very beginning, we're just so lost. You know, the idea of getting out of bed, having a shower, putting on clean clothes is, is sometimes completely overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so I have got some very, very simple self-care guides Love it. And, and just downloads on some of those baby steps. Actually, I was working on a resource today. I don't quite have it ready, but just on simple, simple, simple things we can do, whether it's the way we think about things. Yeah you know, reaching out, where do I reach out? So I, I try to keep things very, very simple. I also work one-on-one -on -one with moms when they're ready. I mean, yeah. most people are not ready right off the hop to, because it is work, right? Yeah. Dealing with any kind of struggle in life is work. I love the idea of the baby steps because you, I mean, that grief 
brain fog is so real, right? Like you can't think, you can't function, like there's nothing there. So having yeah. something like that, like I love it. And the more people I talk to, the more things are like coming and coming. And I love that because we just, no one knows what to do except for people that have gone through it. How can someone be a better friend to someone that's grieving? Excellent points. And actually such a great topic that in the very back of my book, I have an appendix called For the Supporters because so many people have said to me, you know, I don't know what to say. And, and that, truthfully, I think our supporters, our friends, our family, they want to stay and do the right things, but they're so scared. Yeah. And sometimes that results in people doing or saying nothing, which anybody who's been on any kind of grief journey knows is so hurtful. But I, I would say, stay away from the cliches. Please don't tell us that God needed another angel. Please don't tell us that, you know, God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle, or at least you have other children or any of these awful cliches. You know, if you don't know what to say, I really appreciate it when people just say, I don't know what to say, you know, I, I want to be there, I want to help you, I might say the wrong thing. And I always try and remember too that I was once that person that didn't know what to say. So I always try and give other people grace. Um, but I would say, just be there, do something, say something. And as long as it's coming from your heart, you know, I think it will always be appreciated. And if someone that's listening had just lost a child, what is something you'd want to share with them? Oh, well, I would love to wrap them up in my arms and <laughs> tell them that, that there, you know, there will come a time when they will feel better than they're feeling right now. That grief does change. It doesn't go away, but it does change. It does lighten. And that there's so many people out there like myself that are willing to listen, share, and, uh, and just really walk with them on this journey because they're not alone. How can people find you and what you're working on and where can they find your book and all the goods? All goods. Well, probably the one place that uh, people can find a connection to everything is on my website, which is www.lisakbame.com. as in Bob, O-E-H-M.com. And interestingly enough, my middle initial is not K. That is a nod to my daughter that became my pen name. Um, for whatever reason, my name.com was not available. So I, I put P in there for her. Uh, but okay. people can find my book, the connection or the link to find my book on Amazon there, and as well as any of the resources that I currently have available and links to what's coming as well. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate My it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for talking.